Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful time to be alive. Appreciate you listening. Come on in. Hope you're doing well during these wacky, crazy, unprecedented, but normalizing times. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I am Jonas Nordman. Thank you so much for listening each and every week as we mosey our way through the slog that is the offseason. It's okay, at least we had ourselves a season this time, right? Albeit with an ending that was less than ideal. Here's what's on the docket for today. A little news about the Combine that just came out, mostly about Ochai Abaji, because I think that's the one that we are most interested in here at this show, and, and I think Kansas fans. Like I said last week, two weeks ago, Ochai seems like the one most likely to leave, if anything. So we will see. We'll get into a little bit more detail about what they learned about Ochai. Um, a little bit of news about the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Yes, you've probably already seen who they're going to play. No, you probably don't know what could be on the line at the time. Although maybe it won't be. What does that mean? You'll have to stay tuned. And then I will continue, and I will talk about the Jayhawks in the NBA. I will do two more, both of them Lakers, and I'm going to do the unthinkable. I've split up the Morris twins. <laughs> I know. It's a little nasty of me, a little naughty, but someone had to do it. I'm trying to drag this out as long as possible. Keep that content rolling. Hope everybody's doing well. You can contact me at all the social media platforms. My name is Jonas Nordman. There's probably maybe one other person in the entire planet with that name. So just search for me and it'll all work out just fine. And let's get right into the news, I guess. So, yeah, the NBA draft combine has come and gone, which means that some interesting information could have been shared. Uh, the NBA lottery just happened on Tuesday and the Detroit Pistons were the lucky ones who get the opportunity to draft a franchise-altering player, both positively or negatively. Maybe they make the wrong decision, right? Draft Cade Cunningham. But maybe Evan Mobley was the right decision. Draft Cade Cunningham, draft Jalen Green or Evan Mobley, and someone else has to draft uh, another one of those players? Oh, my God. The options are endless. They are mind-boggling, and I do not envy them, although... They could end up with an awesome player that will surely leave their team once the opportunity arises because who's going to want to stay in Detroit for the entirety of their career? Probably not Cade Cunningham, unless he's a better man than I, which as he's about to be most likely the number one pick in the NBA draft is a point that's pretty easily argued. Anyways, the combine has come and gone. Ochai Abaji was there for the NBA side, like we said, Remy Martin, Jalen Wilson took part in the G League Combine, which is sort of like a backhanded compliment, I guess. Hey, 
It'll bring you out, but it's not for like the actual NBA one. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Anyways, this is a courtesy of Matt Tate, the unbelievable Kansas reporter who put together this article on KUSports.com. And he basically put together the numbers and the measurables for young Oach. So here's a quick look at I Agbaji's. I sound like someone who's calling a Kansas game for the first time. At Ochea Baji's measurables. This is just the physical attributes. So height with shoes, six feet five, height without shoes, six feet four. The more important thing is where he falls in the list and in the rankings of his fellow combine goers, his fellow campers. So his wingspan, which was six feet 10, wow, (laughs) was the fifth longest among all shooting guards at the combine. So obviously he can't compare with a center or, or power forward, a guy like Evan Mobley, right? But among shooting guards, fifth longest. So that's a guy with pretty good size and really good length, which NBA teams love. Standing reach, when you just stand there, put your arms above your head and see how far up you're going. It is the third best amongst guards. And his standing reach was eight feet, seven and a half inches. His body fat percentage was the third lowest of all the players at the combine. Wow, what a fatty. His body fat, if you're wondering, 4.15%. If you're wondering about me, relatively close, give or take, like, much more percentages. His weight, mostly muscle, says Matt Tate, is up four or five pounds from what he was listed at for most of the 2021 season. So he's put on weight. He's put on muscle mass. So he's probably stronger. And then his hand length was tied for the longest among all guards at the combine, nine inches. Wow. So there you go. He stacks up physically, which I think I figured physically, athletically, he would be someone that would catch a lot of eyes. But these numbers really back that up as a guy who just when he walks off the bus, essentially, right? You look at him and you say, wow, that's a player I'd love to have on my team. That's before you see the tape. That's before you see him actually play the game of basketball. He's a chiseled specimen who can jump through the roof, and that'll play. You take into account, he seems like a good guy by all accounts. Certainly, he's kept his nose out of trouble publicly. Uh, He's certainly had his good moments while playing for Kansas. Inconsistent, you could say that, but has a smooth stroke that I think once he goes pro, could really be ironed out even more by professional coaches and him, of course, focusing on basketball 24-7. And again, a lot of mock drafts, a lot of people are now seeing all this, putting him second round. And I still believe that might be good enough to get him to declare and stay in the draft. I believe the deadline is July 7th. You got to figure it out by then. And that is what, next week, right? No, two weeks. Take the July 4th holiday, think it over with friends and family, have a hot dog. Well, Ochai probably wouldn't have a hot dog. He's at 4.15% body fat. Maybe like a soy dog. Uh, maybe a, something protein, rich in protein. I feel like that's what in-shape people do. Wouldn't know. And then make your decision. It's coming up. It's, uh, it's right around the corner. This is a really big deadline for Kansas basketball fans. Because right now, the roster is taking shape. We can see it. It's an amoeba in the distance. It is still sort of fluttering there in front of us. 
but it has not clearly come into definition, mostly because of this deadline. So July 7th, remember that we're, it is upcoming. Once that hits, we'll really know what Kansas basketball in the 2021 slash 2022 KU Jayhawks are going to be all about. I'm actually really excited. I'm really interested. I can't wait for this deadline. Um, we'll do live reaction. We'll talk about it when that time comes. Ooh, this is a good opportunity to remember and to remind myself and you. Uh, there will be no show next week. I hope you have a great 4th of July holiday. Um, I'm sure I will ramble on and say that again as I try to close out the show later in a few minutes. But um, I'll be heading out of town. Won't be bringing the recording equipment, of course. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going because I don't want to see you freaks following me. But, uh, yeah, we'll be out of town. No show next week. Sorry to burst your bubble, but enjoy this one. Maybe go back, re-listen to some of your favorite episodes, or catch up if you haven't heard everything and you're just listening to this to stay up to date. All right, moving on. The Big 12 SCC Challenge is set. And to no one's surprise, since Kansas is not playing Kentucky in the Champions Classic this year. They played last year. Kansas won in a pretty sloppy, ugly game. And because of that, uh, they will be playing once again January 29th at Allen Fieldhouse. Thanks to, I think it was Jif Hawk or it was at Cam- someone, one of the actual good Kansas Twitter accounts, one of the ones that really don't suck, like at fans of KU. Oops. Um, they, they made the good point that both Kentucky and Missouri this year are coming to the field house, to Allen field house. That's pretty special. That's pretty amazing. What a home slate. Uh, yeah, really making up for the lost revenue last year, really making up for, was it a lackluster home schedule last year? That's tough to say. I mean, the big 12 slate is always tough. You had the national champions in Baylor come through, of course. The Creighton game was fun, and that was the first game with even a smattering of fans. But, yeah, I mean, I'm mean, i just thinking back. There was just no one really – but North Dakota State, right? Other than Creighton in the Big 12 conference conference play, I, I don't think the home slate last year was that fun. So both Mizzou and Kentucky, there you go. Now, why this is important, one, hey, it'll still give Ty Ty Washington a chance to – Come play at Allen Fieldhouse. How special for him. You know, now that he chose Kentucky, he probably sucks. So dodge that bullet. Uh, beyond that, these are two teams that have faced each other eight times over the past 10 years in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the Champions Classic, and the tournament. They've split that series 4 4, uh, but KU has actually won four of the last five. And I'm reading this from throughthefog.com, which is actually a fan-sided website. I believe this is like a Sports Illustrated, like aggregate fan blog type of thing where they pay pennies, something like that. Um, but and, and I usually despise these type of websites because it's just filled with typos, editing issues, and facts that aren't that interesting, except for this one that I read today by Dylan Davis. Way to go, Dylan. So what's so important and what's so special about this matchup? Well, here's the thing. 
as you know, Kentucky is the winningest program in college basketball history. That's right. As you may or may not know, Kansas has now passed North Carolina, and KU is now second all-time in wins as a program. Now, where is it? Here we go. Entering this upcoming season, Kentucky is only four wins ahead of Kansas. That's actually pretty remarkable when you remember that both Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas all in the same year hit the 2000 win mark. I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. Kentucky got their first. I think Carolina got their second. KU and North Carolina were always pretty close. And as we know, Carolina has sort of had some up and down seasons. They win the title, then they sort of rebuild. They have some mediocre seasons. Again, last year was a, a somewhat of a blase year for Carolina. Same for Kansas. But KU has passed UNC, and now they're breathing hard on the necks, the, na- the nape of the neck, if you will, of the Kentucky Wildcats. Four wins away. So with that being said, Kentucky missed the tournament last year meaning they don't have a lot of great returners, anyone who has a history of winning at the college level. Although, I don't know if you knew this, they do have Oscar Shibwe, West Virginia transfer. That'll be interesting, right? Talk about a guy who has a scouting report in Kansas in a team in Kansas who will have a scouting report on how to deal with the big O. So Kentucky, maybe they get off to a bit of a sputtering start. Right, young, they always take some time to really get their feet wet in a season, regardless of how talented they are, except for 2015 when they didn't lose to the final four. Kansas bringing in the transfers this year, still returning some talent, guys like Christian Brown and who knows from the draft, like we just talked about. They could theoretically buy that game on the 29th of January, be one behind tied maybe one ahead at that point of Kentucky and it could be for all the marbles if the marbles that you're playing for were just a long-term overarching win-loss record in not you know national championships pretty cool marbles to have in your sack though (laughs) so keep that in mind January 29th Kansas four wins behind Kentucky a Kentucky team that Reloading, rebuilding, certainly refreshing, right? Didn't make the tournament last year. That's embarrassing. Duke and Kentucky last year. It's not that hard to make the tournament. It's not. 68 teams. All you got to do is be mediocre in a Power 5 conference. They weren't even that. Anyways, one thing Kentucky is good at doing is putting players into the league, making guys go pro, Realize your dreams. It's really special. As you're listening here to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. Let's move on to the pros. The Kansas pros. I talked about a couple weeks ago. Here's the thing about KU players. Not really in the middle of the league, right? So we are now moving into the upper echelon. And I did something crazy. Only two players today, both of them from Los Lakers. And I'm not going to talk about the two Morris twins today. Markeith today, Marcus 
pushing down the road. Might be finished with the season by the next time I record anyways. His Clippers are currently down uh, 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns, who feel like a team of destiny at this point. But let's start with a guy whose single redshirt freshman year in 2013, or, you know, this season finished in 2013, um, was one of my favorite single seasons since I've become a Kansas fan. Going to what was the Sweet 16, but special moment after special moment, sweet shooting, highlight dunks. I'm, of course, talking about Ben McLemore, who is still in the league. As a look at his headshot here with the Lakers, man, he's gotten a lot of tattoos since he's gone pro. He's got the whole neck thing going. He's got a St. Louis logo right sort of at the dent above his rib cage, where his neck meets his rib cage. Man, he took that signing bonus from the Sacramento Kings and all the other different teams he's played for and went to town on his body. Anyways, he came on late with the Lakers. He was not a Laker the entire season. But... He was with Houston, if you were wondering. And they did a whole fire sale, shipped him off to the Lakers. He joined them April 8th and had a pretty good run with them. Remember, LeBron and both both LeBron and Anthony Davis got hurt this year, especially later on. So that opened up the door for both Ben McLemore as well as Markeith Morris to get a lot of playing time. Now, BMAC, when you look at his numbers in his game log, you can kind of see the point where LeBron and Anthony Davis get hurt around like early May because the, the numbers start spiking 25 minutes per game, 23, 22, 21, 26 versus Houston, a bit of a revenge game, but he never really goes off. His best game of the year was a 20 point effort against Dallas on April 24th. Ooh, so close to 420. Maybe he was like still buzzing after a great earth day. And his numbers on the season, 7.7 points per game, 1.9 rebounds per game. That's not really his game. And less than one assist per game. Of course, for Ben McLemore, it's always going to come down to his three-point shooting. And for the season, he shot 34.6. Like for you and I, that's awesome. I wish I would shoot 35% from deep in the NBA. But for a guy who doesn't really play defense, doesn't really ball handle, essentially drifts around the arc, shoots threes, probably needs a little bit more than that. Will he stay a Laker next year? I hope so. You play with a guy like LeBron who will find the open shooter, it's a good opportunity. Arguably, what, the best passer we've ever seen. I know Magic Johnson, Chris Paul, you know Jason Kidd, these great point guards that we've that we've ever seen john stockton before he became an, an anti-vaxxer last week so you know he's sort of dead to me but lebron's certainly up there in terms of being an all-time great and in, in finding guys on the court so you stay on the team maybe the numbers spike next year with a potentially full season of lebron so it's been macklemore still sort of just drifting on the periphery he's got a role um, he's certainly not a superstar and a guy who was drafted in the lottery. Look, he got drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Him, Thomas Robinson, and now Marvin Bagley, formerly of Duke, have had the same issues. A lot of times, when you get drafted, you may be the most talented guy out there, 
but it's fit, it's organization, and Sacramento is just a putrid organization with no success since the early 2000s, right? Like, it can't be a coincidence that all these talented guys, like, maybe, what are the chances that every single young player they bring in isn't a hard worker, doesn't have the right attitude, something like that, right? De'Aaron Fox has played well, but what do they what have they won still while De'Aaron Fox has been in Sacramento? So Ben McLemore, Thomas Robinson, guys like that. It's tough. You you go to a bad situation in a toxic environment, and your career usually suffers for it. Anywho, how about Markeith Morris? A guy whose role sort of got snipped this year. Really surprising. Oh, and by the way, Ben McLemore barely featured in the playoff loss to the Phoenix Suns. Same with Markeith. Looking at his numbers, his game logs, he essentially got garbage time minutes in the big losses to Phoenix in the playoffs. Never scored more than four points in the four games he played in. On the season, 6.7 points per game for Markeith, 4.4 rebounds per game. Average slightly over one assist per game. You know, he came on last year. They acquired him at the deadline um, before the pandemic hit. And then he, of course, joined them in the bubble. Played a, a relatively pivotal role on a championship team. Uh, got his ring. LeBron still has never won a championship without a Jayhawk on his roster. Uh, Markeith, then famously, of course, Mario Chalmers. I believe Sasha Khan was on his Cleveland team that beat the Warriors, right? And then before that, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Chalmers, Khan, Markeith. But still never won without a Jayhawk. And Markeith, after featuring, like I said, at a pretty high rate last year, didn't seem to work out. Uh, again, in the, in the April to May range, the numbers sort of pick up as LeBron and Davis got hurt. He's got pretty, he had a pretty solid run of scoring from April 6th through April 17th, 15, 12, 14, 17, and 10 points in that stretch. But after that, he only scored double figures one last time in the very last game of the season against Houston, of the regular season, I should say. So Markeith, playing time, numbers took a dip. You wonder what that means for his career. Marcus is still playing Pretty well for the Clippers. And you know those two are basically the same person, physiology-wise, psychologically. And if Marcus is still doing okay, you got to imagine Markeith has still got some gas in the tank. But remember, this is remarkable to think. This was, or it's been 10 years since the Morris twins got drafted. Good Lord. That makes me shudder. I just thought of that. I just realized that right now. Because they lost in 2011, if I'm not mistaken, to VCU. Got drafted later that year in that summer. And here we are just finishing out the basketball calendar of 2021. Unbelievable. I don't know if that means they've played 10 seasons or nine seasons. You know, that doesn't always work out well for me when it comes to mathematics. Anywho. That's Markeith, that's Ben, Ben McLemore. <laughs> We're on a first-name basis. Two guys sort of on the periphery, but we have two more heavy hitters to go to. And, man, 
The conclusion to this should be fascinating. You know who it's going to be. It's the MVP candidate. It's the guy who gets a lot of headlines. And it's the guy who lost his playoff series a couple days ago and called out his other superstar teammate. <laughs> if you don't know who I'm talking about, you're not really a Kansas fan. That's That was harsh. But I think everyone knows who I'm saying right now. Anyways, appreciate you listening. I hope you have a great 4th of July. There you go. Wish it again. Um, no episode next week. There doesn't figure to be a lot of news. But with that being said, as I'm not recording, something massive will probably break. Maybe maybe Jalen Wilson, Remy Martin, Ochai will make their decision while I'm not recording. But regardless, more power to them, more power to the news sources, uh, more power to you. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great holiday. Stay safe out there. Um, I know this will be really a chance for people to let their hair down as we are easing out of the pandemic. I don't know. I'm double vaxxed and I've been a little lax, if you <laughs> if you will, with my mask. I figure, look, here's my thing. If I went through the pain and the agony and the deal of getting this vaccination in the last year that was, then, you know, that's it is what it is. Um, sometimes I'll bring my masks like the market to a store. But that's really for optics at this point. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Tell me I'm being irrational. Um, but do be careful over the 4th of July. Uh, again, especially with the fireworks even. Right? Don't Don't have a... Uh, Jason Pierre Paul moment. I don't want to see your mangled hands online at the hospital. All right. That's coming from your good friend Jonas here at the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. Take care. Have a great weekend. Have a great week or so. And I'll speak with you right around announcement time. We'll get into it then. Take care. Rock Chalk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.